so at this point, Philip has left the main room where the fireplace is. He has, in customary manner, completely put out anything anybody is saying to him. Because as he has said, he smells a very particular strain of hashish that he enjoyed in Casablanca some years ago, and he has to find it. And so he follows the aroma into the hallway towards the staircase and up this squeaky, rotting piece of wood. He makes it to the second floor. And there are some rooms there. They seem small, decrepit. He doesn't really notice. It's dark. He's wearing his dark glasses. He's forgotten a candle or anything else. So any light would be strictly ambient from the outside or from downstairs. It almost seems like there's a light in a room and he can swears he can almost see a vapor coming from the bottom of the door. And that smell is even stronger. And so he reaches towards the door and he pushes it open. Inside, it's almost like a a small study. There's no real books on the walls, but there is a very old pair of armchairs. It looks like they may have been leather at one point. They're moth-eaten. They're rotting. You can see the springs and the seats and in the arms. But on the small table between the two armchairs is a small ashtray. And it almost looks like a monkey's paw ashtray. A souvenir from the wilds of Africa. And in the center of the palm of this black, almost obsidian-like glass, is a small wad of what looks like leaves, and they're gently smoldering. And that is where the smell is coming from. What's happening back downstairs? Are any of you as cold as I am? It is freezing. Like, I get close to the fire, but it's not as warm as it usually is. No, and it hasn't, I haven't felt the temperature change at all. I mean, it's kind of warm in here. Ah, what the fuck? He shakes his hands, trying to warm them up, rubbing them together. Kind of inching closer to the fire. Almost touching it at times. Still seems to be complaining about the cold. Can always throw some more logs on there, make it bigger. That's a good idea. Yeah, Finn just uh, grabs a log and throws it on the fire. Well, if we're staying the night, because I don't think there's anywhere else we could stay, we might as well keep this place warm, yeah? No, I'm not going to complain. Is it actually cold in here, or is Finn just being a weirdo? It's chilly, but he's making it seem like it's really cold. So Bruno will look around the room now that two people are gone again. You guys, uh, well, I know you've weird shit with your neck. Finn, you see anything weird? Seen anything weird? No? Oh, I, you know what I mean. Uh, I mean, I took a look around looking for any, like, hallucinogen-type plants to see if maybe, because, you know, the owner, he was talking about um having visions, so I thought maybe hallucinogens, and then Sam here saying he's seeing things on his neck, another sign of hallucinogens, so... I'm kind of believing that maybe something here is either, you know, in our realm of the experiences, or it could be just a natural hallucinogen. But I haven't seen anything. 
just um what's uh Philip was saying earlier about the smell. Oh, I smelled something. But it, I'm I've never I don't think I've ever smelled hashish, so to me it smelled like elm. Burning elm. I'm gonna look over to Sam. You smell uh burning elm? I don't smell anything out of sorts. I mean, definitely nothing that was like on fire or anything. No, 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 nothing. Let me be weird for a second. You guys smell pasta sauce? <laughs> I wish I did. I could go for a snack. Bringing it up, yeah, spaghetti sounds pretty good right now. You offering to cook? Nah, I don't think I want to anything out of this house. But I tell you what, I smelled my mama's marinara. Uh, uh, let's go take a look in the kitchen, see if there's a pot on. I'm willing to bet you we ain't find one. Go head into the kitchen and go see if there's anything on the stove. See if Cookie's in there. She said she was going in there to get a drink of water. As Sam starts heading off in that direction. I'm going to spot Philip's phallus. You ever wonder what he carries in here? Uh, no. The man is wound tighter than all get out. I don't want to know what he's getting into. I don't need to know all that kind of stuff. I think we just cut the scene like he's going there and I'm just picking up the phallus and looking the fin and like, eh? Sam, you're headed toward the kitchen? Yes, heading in towards the kitchen to go see if there's a pot on the stove or see if, how Cookie's doing. She went in there to get a drink of water, right? Cookie, when you entered that kitchen to get a drink of water, you took a bit to find something to use as a cup. You find an old dented tin cup in one of the cabinets. And when you approach that sink, the pump is really rusted. Can't really work it to bring the water, but the way that sink is stained brown and rusty, I don't know if you'd really want to drink this water. But your other situation has not changed any as much as you call. There's still silence. So I'm just mumbling to myself below my breath and rubbing on the cup as I would to clean it behind a bar. What are you mumbling when Sam walks in? Help and ash. Hmm. Well, at least I know she's not ignoring me. We're still connected. This is... This is good. Everything's fine. It's gonna be fine. Nothing's changed. This is good. We're good. We can still proceed according to plan. Hey, hey, Cookie, uh, did you put anything on the stove? And she's startled by Sam coming in uh, and drops the tin cup, and it makes that ting, ting, ting across the floor. No, I I haven't. I, I can't even get water uh, working here. It, the, the pump is froze. There's, there's no water. Um, I'm sorry. Hey, you, you all right? You seem a little on edge, if you will. Heard you asking for help there. What do you, what do you need help with? Oh, um, just help with getting a drink, uh, because the pipe, it, 
the pump is not working. If you could try and try and pump this for me, perhaps maybe we could get it to run clear. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Don't do that. Um, I'll start to work on the pump. See if I can get it working. Make a strength check for me. It's rusty a bit, but you pull on it with all your strength, and you're able to get it to start moving again. And it's dry for a little while, but then all of a sudden you hear this weird gurgly sound. Gurgle, gurgle, gurgle. And then it starts spitting out this uh, brown water. Uh, uh, Cookie, I don't think you want to drink this. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm going to stop the pumping and I'm going to head back out to where Bruno was. Uh, hey, hey, Bruno, nothing was on the stove over here, nothing. And it looks like, uh, the water's, um, uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's mud. It looks like we're playing in the Jersey River. Hey, I, uh, I resembles that. That's why I made it. You'd know what I was talking about. You're not wrong. Stupid pictures, bad photographer. What? You talking about the pictures in the papers? I'm sorry? Just look the same. You just said something about stupid pictures and bad photographer. Did I do something wrong to you or something? What? Me? Yeah. No, um, I'm just thirsty is all. I, I, I think you probably misheard. I could never. I would never. Sam just kind of looks over to Bruno. I did. I did hear that right. Right? I, uh, I heard something, but I think we're all in agreement that something, something fucky's going on here. Finn? Hmm. That fire is bigger, but you're not any warmer. What do you want to do? Finn heads to the kitchen to turn on the wood stove in there. Starts that up. Trying to warm up the place. Walk past the other three and just start. Yeah, it's, it's his hands are turning to ice. Okay, guys. Finn just walks by you guys, heads right into the kitchen, and you hear the clattering of the wood stove. Cookie picks up that metal cup and goes in search of a bathroom. Sam, I think this one's on you and me. Yeah, well, we're going to have to take a look. Um, Everybody's going every which different direction, and last time that happened, I lost minutes or hours or however you guys are saying. And, I mean, something's not right here, Bruno. No, there's a lot of things that are very wrong here. So, here's my idea, Sam. We take all of our stuff, we put it back in the car. We get all of our people, get them back in the car, set this place afire, get the fuck out. I think Finn's joining you in that thought with him trying to get every vlog he can going in the Anything he can make for fire. Alright, I'll start loading up the car. I'ma stick with you. Grabbing luggage. Philip, we're in a 
a room with two uh, worn-out armchairs. And you found the source of the smell that is now commingled with smells of cinnamon, turmeric, leather. Ah, yes. Takes you back. It does. Takes him back to the souks of Marrakesh. And really, that is where the smells came best. It's where all the best memories were. Philip will reach into his jacket pocket and pull out his pipe, tamp that down and light it and let his own tobacco mingle with the scents of the markets. He'll move to take a seat in that well-appointed leather chair and, and lean back and get comfortable. And really, it is very comfortable and surprised at the good quality of this American furniture. Normally, you don't see anything like this unless it was back at Oxford University. And he takes a long puff of that pipe and he says, I, I don't believe I've encountered this, this commingling of smells since, um, oh, what year was it that I met you, Bertram? I don't remember. Was it? It was some time. It was some time. Yes, I, I do remember the day as clear as, as clear as day. The, um, the, the smells, the, the, uh, uh, the rice pilaf that they were cooking, uh, in the, in the streets below at the, at the open, at the open stove, yes. What, what year was that? Why can I not remember? You're gonna hear a soft, familiar laugh. <laughs> don't laugh at me like that. You know I don't remember dates all that well. The perfect day is fine, but it's always the year. I'm always off by like, uh, one year, two. Is it in, uh, was it 01 or 02? No, no, it was closer to maybe 1910. Maybe that was it. Philip, is your kind of resting back, your eyes closed as you're trying to contemplate this? Oh, yes. You hear that laugh and you chuckle back to it. and You, you say 1910, and at that point, you open your eyes, and the scene before you has changed. The floor is covered in sand. The walls are carved stone. You see hieroglyphics carved into them. Wait. No, 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 not, not, not 19, no, not 1910. 1910 was a different year. That was a different time. That was a different place. That was not Marrakesh. That was Cairo. I, I don't like Cairo. I don't like it anymore. Why am I... Why am I back in here? He's starting to fidget. A lot. He's locked into his seat. But he's fidgeting. His fingers are scrabbling at air. And he's looking around everywhere. He's seeing the hieroglyphics. He knows exactly what those hieroglyphics say. He studied them for ten years. He knows the stone. He knows the sand. He knows the feel of it. He can feel the coolness of the air. and That slight hint of mummy rot. The linen bandages, maybe the faintest smell of preservative, the desiccated remains or whatever in those jars. Maybe you shouldn't be in this room anymore. He's going to get up, and he's going to turn, and he's going to head for that door. But that door isn't there, is it? There's a stone slab there, and it looks... It must be the way out, but it also appears as if somebody has clawed that door the stone with deep red streaks on it somebody must have clawed their fingers down to the bone no 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 
No, that was... That was on the other side. That was on the other side. It was not on this side. We never found what was on the other side because we were... We went on this side. We're on the other side. This is no... Where's the door? Where's the damned door? And you hear the scream of a man, a familiar voice, abruptly cut off in the middle of it, followed by a distinct thud of stone hitting stone. Bertram, I... I was going to get help. I ran. I got help. I went and found the, the nearest authorities. I brought back a, an entire truck full of, of dynamite. We blasted the play tomb open. Brought you out of there. I don't... Why do, why do I remember the screaming? Why do I remember the screaming? That was not in 1910. No. It wasn't 1910. There was nothing on the other side of that tomb. We were never on that side. It feels like you're becoming more frantic trapped. The sand's getting higher. No. I know I saw that. Was there a pressure trap on it? <laughs> Make a spot hidden. You're not finding... The sand's just too deep. You're not finding the plate to hit to, to trigger that door to release. You must be there, though. Make a listen check. So you drop down your knees trying to shift the sand away find it that way maybe you can feel it if you can't see it you'll feel it and maybe in that frantic state you're in you just didn't hear it approach you but that smell that desiccated flesh smell is now stronger in your nose and that smell of the hashish and the turmeric and the cinnamon gone just replaced with the smell of death but, but, but... We never opened the sarcophagi, how did... Where's the... No, there's... What's the... And then he remembers... The feather on the book. No. I... That was in a particular place, it wasn't my... Book. And he's going to slowly turn around... Look behind him. The two armchairs are still there. That table is still there. That ashtray is now gone, but there is a very shiny, almost platinum-like feather lying on the table. And as you turn just a little bit more around, you see a figure standing there. You see its clothes look very familiar, and as your eyes travel up, you see its hands are unbelievably thin and skeletal, except there's that leathery look of skin covering in them still clothes are hanging off of it chest almost bird like as all the moisture from the body is just gone and when you get to the face you can see I don't even know if it's a face I don't know if you can tell who it is but something tells me you know who it is yes Philip recognizes those shoes the brogues the pants that were uh, hand-sewn along Savile Row, the belt with the Oxford buckle. He recognizes the ring on the right hand, a class ring in the university. Philip had the same ring once, and he recognizes the suit, the hands with the leathery skin and the perhaps abrasions on the fingertips. 
fingernails gone. But as he takes his glasses off and he stares at the face that's looking at him, that desiccated face with the wispy hair that was once black and slick and perfectly styled, he'll open his mouth and he'll try to say a word, but it doesn't quite come out. Not until he repeats himself. Bertram, I... I tried to come back. I, I really did. You see the figures, arms and hands reach out, fingertips gone, torn away. They extend towards you, and the figure slowly shuffles. No, I... No, I... Closer. He's trying to scramble back now. He's about halfway in the sand. He's trying to push his way back. He can feel his back hit that cold stone. He can feel the hieroglyphs in his fingers. He traces one. He knows it's a Thoth, the judge of souls who stands between the afterlife and the abyss. And on that table is that feather. On a tiny set of scales, that feather sits perfectly balanced against nothing next to it. And he is trying to press himself into the wall as the hands grow closer. Make a constitution. His mumbling gets louder as Bertram grows closer. As those fingers go closer towards his chest and start brushing away at his coat towards his button-down shirt, they're getting louder and louder. And as he starts screaming... As the fingers actually press into his chest, like they're going to take his heart and weigh it against that feather. He is screaming as loud as he can. And part of him knows this is exactly how Bertram felt when that stone slab slid shut and Philip ran away and left him there in that tomb. My folks downstairs. What are you guys doing? Philip's gone. Sam's gathering luggage, Finn's building fires in kitchens. Cookie's looking for a bathroom, which is going to be outside in the form of an outhouse. A dirty, gross outhouse. Go right ahead, search. I am searching it up, hoping for another spigot of water inside the house. If not, because I was raised in the country as well, I know that there's usually another pump just out back. So now we see Finn is in the kitchen starting a fire in the wood stove. Cookie is searching all the rooms on the main floor trying to find somewhere to go to the bathroom. Sam is gathering luggage to take outside. Bruno? I am assisting him in gathering luggage and loading the car. I have outlined the plan as such. <laughs> okay. Get stuff into the car. Get the car off the property. Because typically this stuff, for whatever reason, stops at property lines. Mm -hmm. Begin collecting co-workers. Get Philip. Burn place to the ground. Sam and Bruno, while you guys are loading the car. And Cookie, you are searching um, the first floor in rooms. There's a moment where Finn comes out of the kitchen having successfully started a fire in the stove. And you end up in the uh, foyer area at the foot of the stairs, Finn, and you don't see anybody. What do you want to do now? 
Finn is going to head upstairs, looking for more fireplaces upstairs because the kitchen wood stove is still, it's not hot enough. You're just going to go to the first door you see? Well, he knows where the chimney is for the mm-hmm. others, so he's going to you know, try and mental map of where that would be in the house, which would probably be like the far end. So go up and probably like the last door on the left sort of thing. I'm thinking. All right. So Finn, you're going to approach that door. You try to open it. The door is not locked, but there is resistance. And as you try to open it, maybe it goes an inch or so. You'll hear the mumbling of familiar British accent on the other side of the door. Finn backs up and goes into another room that probably crossed the hall. Path of least resistance. I'm going to go to the next door. Bruno and Sam, you guys haul stuff into the car. You come back in. You're standing in the foyer at the foot of the stairs. You don't hear any more noise from the kitchen. And you don't see anyone. So where do you think they got off to? Uh, well, Cookie was saying she was thirsty and Finn kept complaining that he's cold. So, I mean, I'm surprised Finn's not here next to the fireplace. I never saw him come out of the kitchen to start the saying he succeeded in the kitchen. Let's go check the kitchen out. I don't think Cookie's going to be in there, but maybe Finn will be. Yeah, it's worth a try. All right. So let's start with Finn. Finn, you are upstairs in a room looking for more fireplaces to start fires. This is correct. Okay. Can you tell me what you're doing in this room as you prepare a fire? First, you'll look for any wood stockpiled next to the fireplace. If there isn't any there, then keep looking. I'm sure there's a bed in this bedroom that maybe could be taken apart. I've heard that uh, sheets are great kindling. You'll see some dried pieces of wood in a copper firewood storage can thing next to the fireplace itself. Not a lot. Uh, So if Finn thinks he needs a, a bigger fire, then definitely he can start pulling the drapes down, the sheets off the bed, whatever he'd like. Start with the small thing of fire just to get it started because, you know, you don't want to get too much wood in the fire before it actually starts. Probably spending a good few minutes getting that prepared before going, like, does the bed pull apart easily to take the... No. No, you would have to, like, find something to kind of start mashing that apart. An axe or or something like that, but but as you get everything prepared in the fireplace and you, and you start lighting it on fire, I assume this is what you're doing now? Yep. As you're knelt down in front of it, getting everything positioned, and you strike the match there and get it lit and the fire roars to life in the, in the hearth, uh, you'll feel a hand on your shoulder. Uh, Finn turns around quickly, not expecting anyone, says... Well, fuck who's... And look who it is. You see a a woman, a very familiar face with a warm smile. Can you tell me what she looks like? 
And who she is? As Finn sees this woman, he gains a smile on his face. She has strawberry blonde hair, a little short, longish nose, and a kind face with a, a nice smile. And, uh, you'll say it. Evelyn, what, what are you doing here? Is it, is it time for me to go back? <laughs> no, no, not time yet. Well then, what are you doing in America? And here of all places. She'll laugh. <laughs> what are you on about? We're not in America. We're, we're in your father's home. You told me to come and, and study with you. And, well, I, I have something for you. Oh? Yeah, and she'll kind of walk away to a table in the middle of the bedroom there. And she'll pull out a rectangle kind of object wrapped in uh, what looks to be like a, a scarf. And she'll set it on the table and unwrap the scarf and, and you'll see a book. Is this what I think it is? And she'll get you well. With things the way they are, I just, I just think it would be best if we kind of, I think we need to separate them for now. And then you, along with the others, will, will come back together. I just, you're the only one I, I trust. You're like a brother to me. Well, and you're like a sister. I mean, I've known you since, since I was a wee lad. Um, yeah. Of course, does the, uh, does the arter know? That's, this is what we're doing. She'll get a, a serious look and not. Yes. Um, I, I fought really hard so you could be chosen to, to take one of these and we're gonna, we're gonna send you to America. We feel it would be far away and, and nobody knows you there and, and nobody knows about the order there. Are you are you okay with doing this? Uh, uh, yes, of, of course, of course I can. I'll I'll do I'll do what I can to help. I just um yeah I I think I can scrape together some some funds to get a ship over. Don't worry, the order's going to help you with that too. And when you get there, the order will help set you up with some work. Perfect, perfect. That's... Yes, I am... Um, do I leave tonight, or... Or first thing? Soon. It'll be soon, but... And she'll kind of hug herself with her arms. Still kind of a bit cold in here. Finn looks over back to the fire and goes, I... It is, yeah. I, um... I started a fire, or at least tried. Um... It's clearly not working as well as I was hoping. No, I was sure there was more wood last time I was here. Finn opens up like a closet door looking for spare wood. Clothes, dusty, moldy, whole clothes hanging in the closet. Well, there's none there. Um, so what were we studying? Well, why don't you go find some more wood and I'll... Get everything prepared here, and we'll start going through this, and, and I'll I'll try to teach you some things that, that will help you, at least help to protect you. Too scrawny. 
could never fight. That I as. That I as. Right, I'll, uh, I'll get, I'll get a few logs. Okay. And Finn will try and leave the room. You're going to walk towards the door, put your hand on the knob, and at that, let's cut over to Cookie. Cookie, you went to go find a bathroom? A water closet of some sort? Water. I'm very, very thirsty. Hmm. So you've kind of ended up in your search on the lower floor of the home. You've kind of ended up in a back parlor area room, and it is you alone. There is no running water in the entire house. Mm-mm. However, I'm looking for pitchers, cups, anything. If there are cabinets, I'm going through the cabinets and I'm talking. Ash, I, I, I need you to answer me. I can't, I can't be alone. And I knock some things out of the cabinet and I find a cup and I just shake it and hold it up. There's nothing in it. So I throw it on the ground. Ash, I need you to come back. I don't know if I can do this on my own. I, I'm so sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to, to make you angry. I, you know, I love you. I'm sorry. Please, please come back. And as you keep pleading and asking still, the only thing that returns to you is silence. As you become a little more frantic and searching and looking for cups or, or anything, in your haste, you knock over a couple items. You hear them crash and break. But you do hear another voice come to you after the sound of breaking china porcelain. The sound of your father admonishing you. Stupid girl. What are you doing making a mess? And at that, I just breeze and try and turn around and back myself up to the cabinetry and look around left and to the right and just deep breathing. Get yourself together. You didn't hear that. He's not here. He can't be here. He can't. He's not here. He, he's gone. He's long gone. As you stand there, looking back and forth, trying to convince yourself you didn't hear that voice, you see the door that you had entered through start to open. And we're going to cut over to Bruno and Sam, who can both make a listen check for me and also let me know what they're doing. Sam has just got done from hauling a bunch of the different luggage back into the car looking around behind Bruno at the things that are going on. Kind of nervous as to wondering where everybody went off to because everybody just seemed to scatter after the sales guy, the guy who owns the place, ended up leaving. Bruno shuts the back door, just like clunk, and then goes to get into the driver's side because he's going to pull this car off a property because mystical weirdness has weird rules and sometimes not being on, like, the property line means that you can't touch me because it's some kind of can't cross the bridge, right? Uh-huh. Like we, uh, we're just going to drive this off the property right back down there to the, the driveway and then we're going to go get them. Whichever one we can find first, we got to get them. We got to bring them out. I don't like this, Bruno. I don't like this. Yeah, this is like extra creepy. It went from like zero to like all the way creepy in like no time. 
So Bruno, you're now going to separate yourself from Samuel. You're going to hop into the car and you're going to drive it off the property. And Samuel, you're going to go in the house and try to retrieve people. My intention is not to split up, but like if he wants to stand there for a second while I back this up, or if he wants to get in the car while I back this car up. I'll be standing on the porch, open the door, and I'll just I'll, I'll just wait right here and call out for people, Bruno. Yeah, don't go far. I'm not moving from this spot. Sam, as you stand there, kind of on that porch with the door open, watching Bruno back the car up, you're going to be able to hear the sound of dishes breaking. It sounds like somebody's tossing a room. You're going to hear that from the back of the house on the lower floor. You're going to hear footsteps on the second floor. Someone is walking up in the hallway area. And with that level of success that you had, you'll also hear, it sounds like somebody is knocking on a door upstairs as well. Hearing the breaking dishes, that's immediately going to make Sam jump. Not expecting that. Why would somebody be breaking dishes? I'm going to call out, guys, guys, come on. We got to go, guys. I'm going to look around the patio here on the outside for maybe a piece of the broken banister railing. Or if I have to, I'll break a piece of the banister railing because I don't have anything to like hit nothing with. And I don't like this house. Something about this is just spooking me to know it. You can easily kick that railing and break off a piece if you would like to have something in your hands as a weapon. Yeah, and then thinking on that, are there any other like uh, chairs out here? I'm thinking old school rocking chair or anything like that out here? There is a porch swing that only one side of it is still connected to the roof of the porch. The other side is resting on the porch. It's very rotten. It's missing some of its slats. It's weathered and beaten. I'd like to smash that to pieces as well, because I'm going to need kindling to start this fire. So let's head back upstairs. Finn, as you exit that room in search of more wood, because Evelyn said you need a bigger fire. It's still too cold. As you walk down the hall, looking where to go to next, you hear a knocking on that door you tried to open before. Someone's on the other side of it. Sure, Finn will try to open the door. Philip, you're on the other side of that door. You're pounding on it. You're pounding on stone. You're banging on stone. So the stone doorway before you starts to push towards you. It's actually pushing you back towards the mummy. <gasps> I don't know if I like this. But Finn, that door's opening for you. And you can see as you open the door, there's a fire going in the fireplace in the room. Lovely. So he pushes the door open, and is there firewood next to the fireplace? Mm-hmm. He'll try and just get the firewood. So you're going to open the door and just push your way and go right to the fireplace, and that's it? That's why he left Evelyn, you know. Philip, the stone pushes you back towards it, and all of a sudden you see Finn 
in the tomb with you, but you also feel the cold grasps of a mummy on your shoulder because the stone pushed you back so far that you can feel its bony grasps on you. But there's an exit now, right? I can see into the hallway beyond, away from the tomb? You can see into the hallway, yes. Philip, being Philip, he feels the cold, icy hand of death upon his shoulder, and he is going to barrel forward. He doesn't care if Finn is there. He doesn't care if Finn is not. He will go through Finn to get through this door while he is gibbering about Bertram. As Finn walks in and you get stunned and see him, you then see the door open beyond, the hallway beyond. If you make a dash, you can run right out and end up in the hallway. That would be perfect. What do I need to roll for that to get away from from Bertram? Let's do a dex roll. So as Philip is trying to get away, he sees the door open. He sees Finn walk in. And in his panic for just a moment, there's that little rational part in the back of his mind that's currently being strangled and stuffed into, like, a bucket of water. And it gurgles. He's not supposed to be here. This is supposed to be in 1910. But it doesn't matter, because he feels the mummy's hand on his shoulder, and he tries to bolt forward past Finn and into freedom. And the mummy's hand tightens and his feet go out from under him and he slips and he loses his balance. And as he leans back, he can look up and he can only see the mummified face of Bertram looking down at him. There's no eyes. The teeth are falling out and he smells like dry rot and cardamom. And are you flailing, screaming, scrambling? Uh, Oh, yes, all of these things. Finn, as you make your way towards the fireplace in the wood, you are suddenly accosted with Philip's screams of terror. Philip, I I know it's cold, but it's not time for a hissy fit. What? No, 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 you don't understand. What are you doing in this tomb? There's a... Bertram is here, he's going to kill us all. He's... He's, he's so cross with me. I, get, get him away from me. Get him away. Philip has a mummy's hand on his left shoulder, and he is trying to pull his coat away from this mummy. And as he gets his feet under him, he's going to lean forward, and then he's just going to swing wildly with his right hand. It's not even a decent fist. It's like half open it would almost be like a slap against the ear. Finn, out of nowhere? Philip just slapped you. You're working for the English, aren't you? Are you here to stop the resistance? What What, did, what are you on about? What do you mean about working for the English? Daft boy, I am English! Get- <clears throat> and he's just flailing still, trying to get away from this mummy. Finn is going to cast Victor's Satism. Oh, make a sanity roll, Philip, please. He takes his uh, magical invisible knife and tries to defend himself. Screaming, Get out of here, you're fucking English tan. 
Philip, you can feel a rush of air. Something goes past your face like around the neck jawline area. And Finn looks angry, like he's trying to kill you. Not only is there a mummy in the room now, but now Finn is trying to kill you. And let's go down to um, Cookie. Cookie, that door is opening, and you can see the form of your father. Can you tell me what he looks like? Definitely farm-built. Big, broad shoulders with that little bit of paunchy stomach because he eats a lot of eggs and milk and farm stuff. But he's definitely strong. And the gaunt tired face from working outside in the weather for years and years. As he walks in, he'll shut the door behind him and you'll see his face is just in a, a twisted gowl of anger. And he starts to undo the belt. Now you know that whenever you were in trouble, Pa always took that belt off. I'm so sorry. Uh, I didn't mean it. It was an accident. I promise I'll clean it up. Uh, I'm so sorry. And I just drop to my knees and start scooping with my hands this mess that I've made. Stupid girl, always making a mess. Always breaking things. You're clumsy. You're, you're no good at anything. He gets closer and closer and he has that belt folded up in his hands, moving closer to you. And I just start crying. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. It was an accident. I'm sorry. I did. I, I'm not going to do it again. I'm. I'm getting better. You don't. You don't have to hit me. It's okay. I'm sorry. Sam, out front. You've busted up that porch swing. You've got your porch railing in your hand, and you kind of wander back to that front door to see if anybody heard your shouts and if or coming to to them. You can hear some muffled talking from upstairs. Also, you can hear the sound of a woman crying on the lower level. Do I recognize the woman crying? Make an intelligence roll. You've heard Cookie cry before. It sounds like her, and since she's the only woman that's come into the house... With you. Sam looks around, looks back towards the car and tries to get a good gauge as to how far off Bruno is and how quickly he thinks Bruno would get back here. Looking back over his shoulder inside. (sighs) Bruno, make a luck roll. It's winter. The ground is soft. You've kind of tried to maneuver this car, but it looks like you've hit a pretty muddy patch and you've got it kind of stuck. Yeah. I'm just cursing a blue mile. Oh, for the love of Pete. Sam cups one hand to his mouth, calling out to Bruno. Hey, I'm going in to get cookie. I hear her crying. And I turn around and I bolt inside with the, the piece of the banister in my hand, looking around, headed towards the crying sound. Bruno, Sam shouts those words to you, and you see him run into the house. Fail my listen roll. 
So between the engine and the trying to get it going, I don't notice. What are you going to do to fix this uh, issue with the car? There's a drive auto roll I could try. Okay. I would like to push that roll. It's just going to be like reverse forward, reverse, and just cranking it, turning the wheel all the way left, all the way right, and potentially damaging the vehicle. It looks like now you maybe have gotten it hung up on something. Oh, I fucked it. Yeah. Maybe the ground gave out a, like a little ditch or sinkhole or something, and now it's hung up, and now it's really... You know, if I was driving the car, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah, because we'd be on the wrong side of the road. Yes, and the wrong side of the road is clearly the correct part of the road, because I wouldn't be stuck in the mud like someone. <laughs> Why don't you uh, go give your mummy a hug? That is dirty pool, sir. But if I find your mother, I will certainly keep that in mind. You know, I've punched fools in the mouth for less than that. Yes, but I'm just a voice in your head, so you can't do anything. You know, you might be right. You may just be one of them voices, but uh, I may punch you in the mouth anyway. Well, if you get out and get next to the tire, I'll be sure to show my face so you can give it a good punch. ta Sam, you've got your uh, railing. You're going towards the back of the house, and as you move closer, you can hear the crying. Okay, I'll call out, Cookie? Cookie, where are you at? Where are you at, Cookie? I'm going to keep moving rushedly down towards the actual back portion where I believe I hear her coming from. Make a spot hidden roll, please. Make a constitution roll, please. So as you're running towards the back of the house and down the hall, your eyes will catch another mirror hanging there. And for a quick second, you see the image of your face, but... The sound of Cookie crying tears you away. You don't get lost in looking in that mirror again like you did earlier. Soon you're standing at the door, and on the other side of the door, for true, you can hear Cookie crying. And Cookie, what does he hear? No, I'm sorry. Just please don't don't hit me. I'm sorry. I'll clean it up. I didn't mean it. I'm sorry. So sorry. Please. Well, hearing that definitely gets Sam's blood pressure going, thinking that somebody's beating on Cookie now. Wondering who is inside the house. Now, not only do we have to worry about the house, but we have to worry about somebody in here attacking us, too. And I go to try to open the door or break down the door as much as I could. You can open the door and you can see Cookie at the far end of the room. She has cabinets. All all the doors are open. There's dishes broken. She's sitting there gathering them, trying to clean up the mess. Her hands cut from the broken dishes as she's just trying to sweep all of them up. But nobody else is in here. No, nobody's in there. I slowly close and look behind the door, make sure nobody's back there. and c- Cookie? Cookie, cookie, and walk over and slowly 
put my hand on her shoulder, kind of shake her. Cookie, who did this to you? What's what's going on? Cookie, your father grabs your arm and shakes you. And he's yelling at you. I grab a piece of a broken piece of plate and I just stab it into his side. Sam stumbles back and kind of reaches out to his side. Cookie, what what the hell? Not realizing that he dropped his metaphorical two by four. Falling down and panically scooting back, putting his back against the wall while trying to get this plate shard out from his side, looking really baffled at his friend that just stabbed him. Cookie, you see your father kind of fall back. He yells, what the hell? And you see him drop the belt and move to take the piece of plate out of his side. What do you want to do? I am picking up that belt on my way to him and walloping. Sam, as you are sitting there trying to get this plate shard out, you see Cookie stands up. She's no longer crying or or screaming or, or seems fearful. She seems enraged. You see her walk towards you and grab your railing you brought in that you dropped. And she grabs it and comes at you. Is it actually cold in here, or is Finn just being a weirdo? It's chilly, but he's making it seem like it's really cold. Well, he's thin, and he's, he's hungry. Thin. It's, the, he's a thin it's the potato famine. Potato famine. He needs to eat more. Mancha, mancha. Yeah, that's it. Just needs to eat more. You ever wonder what he carries in here? Uh, no, the man is wound tighter than all get out. I don't want to know what he's getting into. I don't need to know all that kind of stuff. You hear that, Bruno? They respect my privacy. (laughs) No, I I don't respect your privacy. I just don't want to know you're kind of crazy. I'm not in the room or I would have dove in head first. So that nutshell. I mean, he might have more candy in there. You never know. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks, Phil. <laughs> and part of him knows this is exactly how Bertram felt when that stone slab slid shut and Philip ran away and left him there in that tomb. My folks downstairs. <laughs> This is fantastic. I love this group. I love this system so much. It is the best. The door is not locked, but there is resistance. And as you try to open it, maybe it goes an inch or so, you'll hear the mumbling of familiar British accent on the other side of the door. Finn backs up and goes into another room that probably across the hall. Okay. 100%. I am 
I am a hundred percent with this plan. <laughs> I'd like to smash that to pieces as well, because I'm going to need kindling to start this fire. It's been slowly burning since the world's been turning. <laughs> well, I didn't start it. Okay. No need no water. No. <laughs> okay. But this is a PG show, so I'm going to have to keep uh, uh, No, it's definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I've gotten it hung up on something. Oh, I fucked it. Yeah. Maybe the ground gave out a, like a little ditch or sinkhole or something, and now it's hung up, and now it's really... It's the house. The house has done this. You No, no, no. Remember you drove away from the house thinking, oh, if I'm yeah. off the property, everything will be fine. And it's the house's fault. It's not the house's fault. It's your poor driving, obviously. No, it's the house. The house is creepy. Okay. <laughs> you know, if I was driving the car, this wouldn't have happened. <laughs> Yeah, because we'd be on the wrong side of the road. Yes, and the wrong side of the road is clearly the correct part of the road, because I wouldn't be stuck in the mud like someone. <laughs> Why don't you uh, go give your mummy a hug? Oh, oh. That is dirty pool, sir. But if I find your mother, I will certainly keep that in mind. You know, I've punched fools in the mouth for less than that. Yes, but I'm just a voice in your head, so you can't do anything. It's the house's fault, too. You know, you might be right. You may just be one of them voices, but uh, I may punch you in the mouth anyway. Put my hand on her shoulder, kind of shake her. Cookie, who did this to you? What's, What's going on? Cookie, your father grabs your arm and shakes you. And he's yelling at you. I grab a piece of a broken piece of plate and I just stab it into his side. Yeah. <laughs> Is that like my fighting? <laughs> um, you're going to make a fight brawl check? Sam, I don't think you would see this coming, do you? I, I'm not. I don't even, I don't see any reason why she would do that. I have no idea that she'd be no doing idea. this. No idea. And can you just roll um, your damage on a fighting brawl? I don't have to kill anybody. You guys are going to kill each other. As as per the ancient compact. It's a 1d3 plus your damage bonus, which is zero. So it's just a 1d3. Cookie. Wait, what? I'm sorry. Do you what? see where you're going to roll damage? Oh, you were talking to me. My bad. I was... Yeah, yeah. You're the one that's stabbing somebody right now. <laughs> My bad. Cookie, you see your father kind of fall back. He yells, what the hell? And you see him drop the belt and move to take the piece of plate out of his side. What do you want to do? You know what you want to do, Cookie. <laughs> you can run. You could do some more. I don't know. Um, I <laughs> you know what that belt is. I really <laughs> want to um, kick him and beat him with his own belt. How dare he beat me like that? Yes. Okay. Oz here, just chiming in at the end to say thanks for continuing to support us with your ears, bumping us by word of mouth, and even with Patreon donations, which is pretty awesome. 
If you aren't on our Discord, feel free to come on by and get a without-a-net welcome. If you are, you know how we do. We couldn't continue to do this without your support and feedback, so if you do have feedback, this is me personally begging you to let us know. We know we can always do better, and we love to know when we're doing well. Anyway, a couple of disclaimers. The music you heard in the intro and the outro was from the Great Old Ones and Other Beings album by Graham Plowman. You can find that on YouTube. It is some excellent Call of Cthulhu music. Call of Cthulhu 7th edition is produced by Chaosium Inc. Without a net podcast has no affiliation with Chaosium Inc. We just think 7th edition is pretty bomb and we're going to go ahead and try it out. We get no kickbacks from Chaosium, nor do we expect any, although that may change in the future, but probably not. I hope you all had a wonderful time listening to this, and we will see you next week.